There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe and I'm Georgia and we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations, tips and tricks, products we love and brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Bonjour, bonjour. Hello, hello. It's actually half term for me now. (laughs) I mean, actually, do you know what? Not oh no, I've got to reframe it because I actually had one of the nicest half terms with them. Did you? I tell you what. It was really brilliant having the balance of being with them in the mornings yeah. and actually doing quality, you know, activities or just arts and crafts or bike riding, whatever it was, and then leaving them at one o'clock. Then they were in, you know, childcare in the afternoon. And I, I just felt like I spent, you know, we always talk about quality rather, rather yeah. than quantity. Mm-hmm. And on Saturday, I had the most beautiful day where Dos took Isla to the football to mm-hmm. see Spurs play. And I just had Luna and Kit. We... We did like coloring in, we did, we made their pancakes, we went to the cinema, we went for a walk and then we just cuddled up on the sofa and they were just on me the whole day and I loved every moment of it. So oh, I feel, that's I feel good. like I got it right this half term. How yeah, because I feel like, well, I don't know, I'm day one. Let's not, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. <laughs> but um, I feel like we always, I think when you're in, like in half term, you can feel like, you just want to moan and vent because you're like, oh God, I've got so much to do. But actually this half term, I've done what you kind of did where I'm getting up early, obviously work for myself. So I do have a bit of flexibility. I'm getting up early. I'm going like do my exercise. Went for a run with James this morning. Then we're getting into the office at like 7.30, the office in our garden. Um, and then <laughs> it's not, we're not, not like commuting. Um, and then I'm it's working until, I know, well, it's really not if you see it. Um, and then we're working till maybe like 3.30. Well, I'm working to about 3.30 and then having a couple of hours with the kids in the afternoon. So I'm trying to do that Monday to Wednesday. And then Thursday and Friday, I'm going to try and have like days with them like yeah. full days um but yeah you should take them to the balloon museum in london do you know what i'm so torn so many people say it's like hell and they're like i never want no, i don't don't go and then like you like loved it lots of other people loved it so maybe i will i'm actually taking axel and his friend on friday to a restaurant in london which is um it's called Entrecote and they just bring steak and chips yeah. constantly. Yeah, Have you yeah. been? Yeah. It's literally just yeah, steak no, and chips. No, because I don't like steak, but it would be oh, my yeah, idea no, of hell. Yeah, but I've heard it's really good. Dozzle loves it. Yeah, yeah, so we're going to do that. And so maybe we will do something like that or go on like, I don't know, go on like a riverboat or I don't know, something. Yeah, lovely. I think what you should do is, is just take, like it seems like you've got it sorted. For anybody listening that doesn't have it sorted, take a deep breath. Mm. take every single day as it comes and just as much as possible feel all the feels because you know what I put this we put this post up didn't we last week about half term and it was it wasn't about spending time with the kids because spending time with our kids is fucking amazing right sometimes and sometimes not so amazing but it's more the pressure that I think we put on ourselves Mm. to have stuff in the diary scheduled in things booked you know are we doing this and then some days it's absolutely fine to go for a walk around the block or go to the local park you know have a bit of food and just sit down and watch a film with them or exactly whatever it is you don't always have to be out doing stuff all the time remember it's their holiday as well a teacher messaged us and said i'm really really concerned about the amount of overstimulation that they have mm, exactly. during their holidays that actually they are on a holiday they need to sit down and rest. Exactly. They need a rest. Like we all yes. say, 
say towards the end of term, you know, the middle of term, the kids start looking absolutely shattered. And yeah, they do. They just need some days at home. Like they need to just yeah. like, like, I mean, stuff I don't normally let them do. Like, for instance, just lay on the sofa and Axel play his Nintendo Switch or just watch TV. Stuff that they wouldn't normally do for hours. They actually don't have time yeah. to do. I will let yeah. them do in the half term yeah. because that's, I mean, God, how, like, how lovely would that be? <laughs> For someone oh to say God. to you, just go and lay on the sofa and read a magazine, you'd be like, uh, yeah. Oh my God. Do you know what? I'm actually taking this afternoon off work and I'm going to go up to the, up to Fox Hills and I'm, mm-hmm. I've put myself in to have a massage. <gasps> I'm having a massage. I'm going to sit in the that. spa as well. Oh my God. That is a great idea. You know what? I was thinking about this at the weekend. I was thinking if I was single and <laughs> with no kids, right? I love where this with is no going. no kids, yeah. I think... That would be my luxury. Like every yeah. Sunday, go and have a massage mm. and lay in the spa. Why? Why are all these single people with no kids not doing that? I don't understand. <laughs> what? Why are they not doing that? What? What's the reason? I can't get my head around they're, it. They're out on a Sunday trying to. They're, they're down the ship in Wandsworth, getting shit faced, trying to find <laughs> Mister Right. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't know. I've got no idea, but they should be. That's they for sure. Should they definitely should. We need to get into today's podcast because I know we always say this, but I've got to be honest with you, George. This was one of my favourites. Yeah, me too. What a beautiful conversation. Yeah, and the first time I think I've cried on a podcast. Or cried ever. Probably first time I've cried for a year, maybe. And I'm not even joking. Like, I'm not, that's not an exaggeration. This was why, this is one of the reasons why it was such a special, beautiful, important conversation because Georgia... Like if, if I was with you now, I'd give you the biggest mm. hug in the world. You were super vulnerable. You opened yeah. up, you shared something with us that was obviously hugely important to you. So really grateful for that. Um, stick around for that moment because it's really important. I, th- I, th- I think it was a really important process for you as well to discuss it. Yeah, it definitely was. And it's a time, like a timely conversation because it's a conversation that's coming up a lot in my family at the moment. I don't go mm-hmm. into like huge details and who it's about, but definitely alcohol is a, 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 a difficult subject in our family yeah. at the moment for you know various reasons and it was I really needed actually to have a chat like that and just to kind of mm. let it all out because I am the strong one like I'm the one who keeps it all together and chats through rationally and like all of that kind yeah. of stuff there's always my role almost and so it was nice to just not have to do that and just to listen and and yeah just like validate what's going on rather than having to not put on appearances I don't mean that but like try and hold everyone together and keep positive just to think actually no this does affect me and I am upset by it and it does upset me and it does affect me do you know what I mean and I think Mm. anyone who has you know experience of all addiction actually um and substance abuse it does really affect the family and often yeah it's not the family who like who is the focus it's the person so yeah well done you were so brave George thank you so much for sharing that with us Uh, today's conversation uh, our our guest has been to the edge of a cliff Mm. and back as in experienced the worst grief that a parent could ever feel um hit rock bottom turned his life around and has a really wonderful message and a story to share with us today um I already feel emotional I think you guys are going to absolutely love it Georgia let's get into it who are we talking to today we are chatting to the absolutely incredible like we just love this episode Matt Pink Joining us on the podcast today someone who has been on the most incredible journey uh, a journey involving probably one of the worst grief grief known to man I'll be honest um, uh, turned his life around he is now a coach to help other people he's building an amazing community of sober humans on the dry app which he co-founded uh, on Instagram you'll know him as better life guy it's Matt Pink on the podcast. Yay. I should say father to four as well. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Dad exactly. To four. Yeah, Please. add that to the list. Yeah. Oh. Father of four. 
yeah, try, trying to change the whole world. Just, um, just a know, small thing. Learn how to ski. Oh God, we didn't. <laughs> I need to rewrite <laughs> exactly, my intro. Exactly, learning how to ski should be a key, a key thing in that <laughs> intro. But listen, we've got a big conversation to have today. But tell us, how are you this morning? What's your morning been like? I am fabulous. Honestly, I've never been happier in my whole life. I'm so excited about life in general. I've been putting out content every day, just like some sort of excited kid since January the first. January is my favourite month. I like, I go against the grain when it comes to that because I get new, I get new goals, new pad of paper new things to talk about new like opportunities and I'm, I've been smashing it fitness wise health wise and I just feel like honestly incredible and so many people are doing dry jam yeah. so I'm feeding off their energy as well and I'm watching people's lives change and people around me like it's quite good this January thing isn't it I might stick it in February I'm like go on come on I've got to be honest with you I've been watching some of your videos on Instagram and the positivity is beaming off you in yeah. those videos and that's doing you know what like sometimes I get accused of like toxic positivity because people are like how can you be so positive all the time it's not that easy I'm like but that's just me like you you meet me today like that's how I am yeah. I mm. love it and I know how much I've been in the depths and I think the, the thing that motivates me is if, if I've been through all the shit can I swear on here yeah, yeah oh yeah <laughs> fucking swear go for it if I've been through all the shit I've been through and I can turn my life around to feel this good then hopefully that's going to inspire people that are maybe having a bad day at work. And yeah. you know, they can reflect on what sort of I do. Mm. And I just genuinely do love it. That's how I am. And I, I'm only just getting started as well, four years into it. I'm just, mm. I can't wait to see where I get to in 10 years. You just mentioned there that life hasn't always been this posit- like positive and you haven't always had this real lease for life. Do you want to just t- take us back and I guess tell us how and when and why your life changed so much? Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty tragic story as you sort of alluded to, but essentially cutting a long story short at the start of it I was married I was working in the West End in the fashion industry and I had a really good job and I was getting free clothes and I was going to fashion shows and I was doing loads of drinks and doing loads of drugs and meeting loads of girls and you know all the stuff that you I got into it for essentially and I was right. living the life and then I started to get a bit older and I settled down and I still had that job and I met someone and you know got married I had a, had a child and uh, life started to sort of pan out the way I was hoping for. Like, I had a really exciting job in town, but it was a nice lo- life out of town where I was married and, like I said, had a daughter in 2009 and then had a son in 2012. And so it sort of had this life, mm. 2.4 children, happily married, happy job, um, earning good money, bought my first house. And everything was like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. But I was also obviously drinking a lot and I was sniffing a bit of gear, as you do, sort of most people do in the West End. Right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a massive thing. I still say it and people are like, really? Is that big a deal? I'm like, uh, yes. It's Everyone everywhere. does it. Everyone does it. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. Um, so what happened was uh, I was out for a bike ride on just, I started cycling, trying to be a bit, trying to be a bit fitter because I was getting the old dad bod. <laughs> and uh, I came home from a 30 mile bike ride and there was an ambulance outside my house and my wife at the time was running across the lawn like with a baby in the in her arms I was like what the hell's happened oh, God. and then she was um she was obviously screaming the ambulance people were like going mad and I was just ditched my bike I was like and they're like he's not breathing so I was like what and like he was perfectly happy fine baby he was he was four and a half months old so Got in the car and followed the ambulance to the hospital and watched the, just the most horrendous few hours of my life while they tried to resuscitate him and he died like on the yeah on the spot he was oh, already wow. dead when I saw him and oh. it was a cot death or sudden infant death syndrome which I didn't really know anything about you know but it was, and also he was four and a half months old oh, and you kind of think like you're, yeah. you're out the woods you, by then yeah um, definitely and yeah everything changed like overnight you don't get taught how to deal with that level of grief. No. And I hadn't, I've been fortunate in that I hadn't really had that much grief other than like your grandparents or whatever. So that was my first taste of it. Um, and yeah, so. How, how do you begin to piece your life back together after something like that? It, it, you don't really. Like mm. you just think, it's so mad, like the, the headspace you go into because it's a new area of your whole like mind. You're like, how, what do I do now? And it's really weird because you look at your wife and you're like, you look for support in her and obviously she's broken. Yeah. And you look mm. to your parents for support and then they're broken. And, and what about your daughter? And you look at her and think, well, she still needs parents. She still needs me to earn money and mm. live the life. And so you look at her and think, shit, you just faced with this like conflict of like, what do I do? And I was fortunate enough. I was working at a time for a really good brand and they put me into a really good counselling team in, in central London. Right. But I sat in there and I was like, this ain't, 
doing nothing for me. I don't want to talk to you. I don't give a shit about what you're saying to me. I don't want to tell you anything about him or my life. And it, just, it was too soon, I think, on reflection. Mm. They were trying to do the right thing, and that was all. And then once that failed, you know, because again, I don't know, I don't know what you do, and it's really weird because there's even things like there's, there's I could go, I talk about this for ages, but I won't because it's morbid. But even when you get back from hospital after he died, like what do you do now? Like exactly. what happens that what day? Do you do? And also the well, police. Yeah, do you were put on the TV? Like what do you do when the you police, come home? The police had cordoned off my house. So I had to sit on the lawn outside my own house. I wasn't allowed in because they were checking that obviously they, they their first port of call is they have to check there's no foul play or whatever, and that's the stuff that. You, just don't get taught and then you have to sit there for hours and you just think what do I do and so someone told me the best course of it and I, I had some friends that lost their son who was a friend of mine and they told me that um, the best thing was like time was the only healer you can't really do much about other than time and I remember thinking at the time right you're broken you're broken you're broken I don't want to do counselling I've got to go now money so time is the thing I need to mm -hmm. change and I thought what goes what, what what's easy when you to pass time and I thought well, drinking and sniffing that passes time really quick mm. um, you can so lose I, days doing that yeah exactly and I did and I went straight in, down that route and um, ended up sort of hanging on to my job but year, like for years I did the London Marathon in 2015 for him which actually gave me a focus it gave me a bit of a reprieve I said like six month training session for that I did that and I, as soon as I crossed the finishing line I was like fuck that like fuck running I, I'm done like straining myself and now I'm going to go and self-destruct and how many years was so that was 2015 how many years since your son had passed away he, so he was born in 2012 and died in 2013 April mm -hmm. um, so two, it was two years later and was your drinking ramping up at that stage? Yeah, I remember quite early sort of thinking, is there drink in the fridge? If there wasn't, I was making sure there was drink in the fridge. Like, And I hadn't ever really been like that. Did you know you had a problem? Like, in your head, did you know that it was a problem or did you had no. you not realise that? No, I didn't know it was a problem until recently. Like, because mm. uh, you look around. If, you, if someone's kid dies in a movie, what's the first thing they do when they get home? They get the this random bottle of whiskey out and pour mm. a drink mm. or a TV program or anything that happens. You just think that's what you do. So you don't know anything other than that. So I wouldn't have said I had a problem at all. And I wasn't even drinking. I wasn't going mad really. I was drinking just a bit more. But my, my drinking before that happened was like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, kind of a regular drinker really. Chuck in the odd fashion show and the odd late night and the odd party. Yeah. I was pretty normal, but I wasn't like someone who, woke up on a Monday I was looking forward to a Monday night bit I'd, get, I'd still go to the gym I'd go for a run I was, there, so I was doing stuff yeah so it's just yeah. part, it's part of the it's part of the circle of what we do yeah. as humans right so yeah. it's like yeah gym relationship drinking water drinking alcohol yeah. eating food it just all slots into what we have normalised yeah I was going to say in your head that feels balanced exactly in a weird way but what I I just let more into that because that's easier quicker required less effort and numbed me out and I thought at the mm. time again now that I know not to be true but I thought it was helping me sleep obviously that's another thing that don't it like you just you think how do I sleep when when that's happened like you mm. shut your eyes and you're just like that ain't gonna happen so you, you then rely on alcohol to knock you out what was your obviously I mean your wife's grief very very personal to her but was she responding in the same way as you with the were you were you guys drinking together drinking separately was that something that just you were doing and what was going on in the relationship at the time um yeah we didn't really drink, we drink drank together but it, we would cry together when we drank together so it was mm -hmm. more like I, I was probably distancing myself from reality right, so like right. I'd, I'd I, my job was like as much time as I wanted to be in town, I was in town. So I tended to spend more time in town just to avoid being in the house. Yeah. So I'd spend more time in the bars after work or whatever. So she would deal with it in her own way. Uh, but her way wasn't particularly as much, well, it wasn't at all as much through drinking as mine was. Right. So. What was she, what, how was she coping? Like, was she talking to you or talking to friends or? Yeah. It was just, it was just awful. Like none of us, we didn't cope. We didn't cope, and we we split up. Yeah, we split up. In I don't know, five years after right. it took it that long to sort of just drift apart. And you know, there's this crazy stat like ninety five percent of people that lose a child split up. Yes, it's some mad stat like that. It's really hard, and, George. And yeah. you don't realise that again. And I don't didn't know that till afterwards. But yeah, she we just drifted apart because it, you just you can't rediscover that really. I think you it's just become so fractured and you look at each other and just remind each other of yeah. him. It's, yeah, it's the memory, isn't it? So yeah. you're drinking day-to-day, -day, staying in town longer, your marriage breaks down, you're sofa surfing. Was that rock bottom? 
Yeah, my rock bottom came... My rock bottom's a mad story, which is what a lot of people have heard and always ask me about if they ever see me out. They're like, what is that? Is that actually true? And it, it was really weird. So I mentioned the counselling that never worked for me. Mm. And my mum and sister had been going to see spiritualists before like, anything happened. They like loved it. And I used to come back and they were like, oh my God, it was so good. And I was like, oh, guess what happened? Your great nan spoke to you or whatever, like poo-poo. And I thought it was just like right. bullshit. Yeah. And um, it was only after a few years after he died, I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm going to give that a go because I can't find anything that's given me any sort of reprieve. So I booked a random session with this medium and uh, she was like, it just 30 minutes, she put a timer on, like a like timer over there. She sort of banged that on and she was like, right. And she started talking to me about like, work, about stuff, about my sister and like something happened to my uncle and she started going on to all this stuff. And I was like, this is mad. Like she knows loads of stuff. Considering I just booked my name Matt at 7.30, whatever, I didn't tell her who I was, my surname or anything. So she's going on a bit and I'm, I'm buying into it the whole time. I'm thinking this is like a real thing. And then towards the end, she was like, um, she was like, someone standing behind you. I was like, right. And you're like, okay. And she's like, it's your, it's your great nan. I'm like, yeah, so of course it is. Like, that's what you say to everyone. Mm, yeah. um, and she's mm. like, she's trying to show you something. She's like pointing something at you. And I was like, oh, I just it? got a shudder. I know. And then she went, it's your son. And I just went, I just burst into tears and I just went, what? And she was like, and then she was like, he's, and the way she was communicating it as well was like, it sounds obviously really bad, but it felt like the biggest sense of relief I had. It was like someone to put a pin in me. I just burst with like, with tears and with emotion and with also relief because it sounds ridiculous, right? But when you lose a kid, you, you don't tuck them into bed that night. So you don't know they're all right, even though they're yeah. not here. And one of the most, the hardest things to deal with with that, I'd go to bed at night thinking, where, where is he? Like, is he all right? and when she said like he's all right he's a reoccurring spirit he's been here before he'll be here again and she really sort of like sort of trivialized it a little bit like and just like he was fine he's fine he's being looked after up there but he's great nan and like, he wants you to know he's fine and i just had this like almighty sense of relief anyway that 30 minutes went in a shot like and at the end of it she held my hand and i was obviously crying my eyes out and she i said to her can i come back to to see you because like this is the first time I felt better and she held my hand, she looked me in the eye and she went, darling, if we ever need to see you, we'll come to you. And I thought, that's a weird thing to say, but whatever. And I got out of there, buzzed out of there, bounced out of there and sort of got on with life. And, you know, a few years went by and it was sort of... Oh it, God, a few years Yeah, it was a few. So that was like a couple of years after he died and a couple of years before like from my rock bottom because I sort of felt better a, a bit. Mm. Yeah. And, um, mm. and then it just deteriorated again because once drinking drugs sort of gets hold of you... It, especially with that grief loaded behind it. If you don't do something like the London Marathon, you're, you're doing the other thing. So, yeah, it's, it wasn't enough to see me through. And then in the end, my wife just went, I've had enough. She she spat with me and I was just like, yeah, sort of whatever. And I started to lose all care for myself. And I was the only thing I had really left was my job and I was clinging on to that. And I just had nowhere to live. Now, you look again, it's the same sort of thing. You look around and you're like, what do I do? Like, do I stay with my mum? Like, do I, I've got to pay for this house that my daughters in and also we'd had yep. we'd actually had another two boys by this point by the time we split up very young boys we'd had two more sons um that are now seven and eight today and you've got to provide for them so you're thinking right well i've got to pay for that and also i've got to now try and find something for myself to live mm. and i thought that financially isn't going to work especially in london um so I ended up just staying at people's house. People were really kind to me that I worked with and like loosely worked with and they had property or whatever. They were like, stay there, stay there, stay there. But that is soul that is soulless. Yeah. Floating yeah. from sofa uh, to mate's house to mate's house. That yeah. doesn't that you have no you have no kind of base to, to plant your feet. You have no feeling of where is my home. Yeah, you're do home. you? And you're not security. with your kids day to day. And, the security. and also, like you said, when you'd sort of done the right like not the right thing, but you know, you'd had that life on paper that seemed like the normal path yeah like get married have children have a house and then suddenly to be in that situation where you're like i don't know did you take a step back and think what this isn't my life how's this happened Do you know what's really weird and anyone anyone who can anyone who's been sort of suicidal can relate to this is i just think you're a fuck about anything you didn't like a shit i didn't care if i was wake up in the morning i was flirting with it i'd drink and sniff and smoke and do whatever i could to try and harm myself hoping that like this one extra drink I don't need will finish me off. Oh, did you did you want well, to finish yourself off? Yeah, but I didn't have the bollocks to do it like properly. So it was more just like a self-destruct, like I don't give a fuck, literally. Mm. And I was on day three once of it, and this is where the rock bottom come in, where I had nothing and I was literally had nowhere and I was not even living with my kids 
and butts paying for it and not even it was like oh it was, god it was pretty much as bad as it can get mm. and um also racking up as a debt because I, I was having to pay for everything yeah um and then i just thought oh, fuck it that's enough so i was three days into like a, a geary session and then um i was outside a pub in regent street that i used to always drink at and this guy just come out of me like i was having a fag my mate ryan and he just came up to me this guy out of nowhere and he just started talking to me like really really fast and it, i was a bit like what and he, he held my hand and he held this bit of um, paper in my hand and he like held it tight like held his hand on my hand and he was talking to me really fast he was going you've got two sisters you've got no brothers you've got two sisters you've got no brothers you've got two sisters you've got no brothers we're repeating like the same thing and I was just like it's really weird but I sort of like let it happen even though you on you think now like it's a bit weird in central London to let someone hold your hand yeah, <clears throat> and, yeah you um, didn't say get off me yeah, yeah. get off mate I don't yeah. want to give you a tenner yeah um and but he was just the more he was talking to me, the more he was like sucking me in, and and then he started saying things like "You're close to a flower, I'm getting a flower, a flower, close to a flower, close to a flower," and he and he mentioned this girl, um, Kirsty. Well, he said K. He said there's a girl K, and I'd start, I'd been on Tinder like scrolling around as you do, like single in a pub, swiping right at everything. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Not very selective in those words. Which K? And um, that's no reflection on K, by the way. We'll come on to talk about her. Okay. Uh, so. He said, this girl, Kay, she's very good for you. She's good for you. Follow Kay, Kay, Kay. And I was thinking to myself, Kirsty, Kirst, yeah, I think he's talking about. And anyway, all this stuff. Um, and he, he said to me, you're, you're a good guy. He goes, you're, you're a star of the world. The, the world. the world needs you. You're going to live till you're 96. You're going to help a lot of people. You need to stop your habits. And he was like making the gestures of like smoking and like sniffing and smoking, like smoking, sm drinking, all these things. And I was like, looking wow. at me like, and it was really weird. He goes, you stop those things. You're, you're going to be a star. You're going to be a star. People need you. The world needs you. You've got a good personality. And, he, and I was just like thinking, and, I, the first, and it sounds really stupid to l listen to a geezer just off the street. Yeah, but of course. He was like, it was the first time someone had a told me to stop drinking, even though I was getting smashed. No one tells you, to, you know, even my parents or no one's going to say to you, stop drinking. You've just lost your son. So he said mm -hmm. to me, and I was like, I was obviously open to to someone to fucking direct me. And I, the way I describe it is like, I felt like someone put me back on the track. And I've always right. been someone who's like, I'll do anything the best. Like, I think I, I rate myself at stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's why I did well in my job. That's why I'm probably doing it right now because I do think I can do stuff well. When you apply yourself to apply something, yeah. yeah. But when in that moment, I think you fuck about anything. And I thought, I didn't care whether I was good at anything. And when he said that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I am. And it's, I felt like my energy like boost back up. And the thing he told me to do was stop drinking. And he said, I'm going to live till 96. And he said, go follow Kay. And then when he went, I the bit of paper in my hand, I unraveled it. And it said like, two sisters, no brother. I still don't know what that means, but it's true because I've got two sisters and no brother. Um, he said flower equals Lily, and that's my daughter's name. Um, and he said oh. K, K equals Kirsty, and he'd just been talking about K. And then I'd had a star tattooed on my wrist in like memory of him, like recently around that time. And he'd drawn hand drawn the star at the bottom of the paper. No way. And I was just like, and that is at that moment I was like, and then I twigged. I was like, oh, it took me a while to twig the reality. But I was like. That's what she meant when she said, if we need you, we'll come, we'll come and find oh, you. Oh, got goosebumps. And, um, what an incredible story. It was, uh, it's outrageous. And that moment, I literally, I was like, right, fuck this. So I went, I rang Kay, it's now Kirsty, it was Kirsty, and is now my wife. Um, <gasps> oh, <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I just literally, like, I rang her, I said, look, I'm in a bit of a bad place, can I? come and stay with you for a bit stayed with her like, almost and what had you just been dating her yeah, yeah seen a couple of times like right. in the west end and then weirdly she lived near where my kids lived even though we met in town like they lived out about half an hour out of town mm -hmm. she lived she worked right near their school which is just a bit of a random thing that happened again thanks universe yeah exactly yeah so i went and stayed with her for a bit and then i never left and now yeah we're married and now we've got a daughter and for that that was the start of the comeback i didn't i didn't um stop drinking overnight because we we probably spent a year sort of drinking I joined, but she encouraged me like I joined a gym again and I sort of had a bit of a base the self-care started to come back yeah. started to come back and I started to take a bit of a break I started I don't know, a week off the booze two weeks off the booze and then were you still doing cocaine at the time yeah I fucking loved cocaine like yeah. it was my thing I got hooked like it won not one beer would lead to it but it was pretty much like the weekend have a drink, drinking have a line and, then, and, I'd yeah. have, and the thing is I'd have the kids every other weekend so when I didn't have the kids, I was like, oh my God, I haven't got the kids like for a weekend and I right. feel all right. And I'm like, and I've got a base and I've got a partner. We'll be right back after this short break. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Did you think you were an addict at that point? Because that, I mean, you look at that. We, we, we hear the word addict and we think that's something that, we, that you have to do it every single day. You wake up in the you, morning, yeah, you, wait, you yeah, have exactly. a drink, you have a line. You know, that that's the addict, right? And also you're not out you're on sit, the street. Yeah, exactly. You're sitting on a bench. Sitting on a bench. Like, no, like shaking, looking a bit bedraggled. Yeah. yeah, like... You don't, yeah, you don't always... Fit the bill when it comes to the addict. Yeah, there's a picture of an addict in your head. And if you don't fit that bill, do you actually connect the dots? I still don't think I was an addict now. Do you not? No, I never put myself in that bracket because I think it just got so much like stigma, like addiction. Yeah. And I think that's where I've tried to rip it all up in this space and be a bit of a disruptor and go, do you know what, guys? You don't call yourself an addict. If you want to call yourself an addict, yeah. call yourself an addict. If you don't, don't. Whatever. I don't really give a fuck. Just stop drinking. Have a break from it. And let's yeah. get excited about life again. Because anyone who stops drinking is going to get their zest back. So when you stopped drinking, what was happening? You said one week, two weeks. What was happening in those breaks? Were you feeling like much better? Like what, what was yeah. it that kind of spurred you on to do it again? I was getting like, I was doing a mad like stint. So I'd do like two weeks at one point off it. And I'd be going to the gym and I'd be going to spin classes. And I'd be like, yes, fucking feel good again. Mm. but then I was like I'm not ready to give this up no way so then like oh, maybe I wouldn't have the kids and it'd be a weekend and it would trigger me and I'll maybe do a week or two just drinking again and then I was like but that enabled me to have a really good look at like what this life looked like and what that life look, looks like and I'm like I think I'm done with like the alcohol the drug it's taken me like it's ruined me it's, it's destroyed me and I've got no it's not doing me any favours even when I was doing it at that point I was so aware that actually when I'd come out of a spin class and I've slept well, and I'm eating better food. I feel really good. And when mm. I'm doing this, I'm just like, yeah, it feels good for the first drink or the first line. But five hours later, and then when you wake up in the morning, or you wake up at three in the morning, and all your problems are amplified, and you mm. need a piss, and you need a drink, and you feel like shit, that is not worth it. Mm. And um, and it was just happened that, obviously, I was stuck in this life in the West End, because like, I was surrounded by all the glitz and glamour that I wanted. That was yeah. what I wanted. So then COVID came around which is when I was taking, so January, February, I was taking the breaks and I was like, okay, I'm exploring this world of sobriety, but I'm not sure I'm ready for it. And then lockdown happened. So I was furloughed and I was like, right. So the bars shut, everyone I'd, I'd yeah. hung around with was not with me anymore. And I was plotted up indoors and I thought, all right, this could go either way. Mm. <laughs> and which it did. And for the first few weeks, I was like, oh, sweet, fucking drinking in the day. Everyone's drinking in the day. Because <laughs> like, I was going to say, it could go one way or the yeah. other. Yeah, and it did. And I thought, but then I thought, actually, no, this is my chance. So it took me a couple of weeks of, of lockdown. And I was like, no, fuck it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. And I stopped on the 20, 20th or 21st of April. I don't remember anymore because I just don't count the days. I just got to a thousand days and I just stopped counting because I thought, I don't want to be like, again, that addiction people like, they go to AA and they talk about them. I'm an alcoholic. I don't, I don't want to be like that myself. No. And I respect what stops it. I don't want you to be from like being like that? Because I, f I fucking want to look forward and get excited. I don't want to look backwards and say, I did yeah. this some 400,000 yep. days ago. I was doing this. I don't give a shit about that. I want to go forward. Do you not want it to be your identity? No. Like the addict identity? Yeah, because like I said, I don't, I want to, I, I, I'm now at a place where I, I think early on I was a bit worried like about, you know, people around me are going to find out that I, drunk and did drugs and that I don't know I, just thought, I lost everything and, I, and I've got such a low point I was like fuck it fuck everything like I'm just going to do what I want to do and I might my, my, I'd gone from a profession where you sort of essentially take money off people yep. to a, now a profession where I get up and I meet people at like you and I do this for a living and I help people and I've got phone calls with people that are struggling and I just talk to them and I run seminars and zoom calls and master classes and lads groups and we do things like going climb mountains and run marathons and ultra marathons and like 
That's it's amazing. That is what nice it's word. amazing. Wow. I'm really interested to kind of delve a little bit deeper into this into this word uh, addict because I yeah, think that's quite too. you know we are we are busy mums you know um, lots of people in our circles come home they'll have a glass of wine which leads on to a bottle of wine and we've normalised that habitual drinking at home um, we have had uh, not so smug now Kat yeah. Sims has oh, been on. on she's amazing yeah, uh, as a dear friend of ours and you know she maybe would say she was addicted to alcohol but at the certain point she just went this is not what I want for my life I'm losing days the next day why am I drinking in the middle of the week yeah. Why am I drinking around the kids? I was blacking out, all this kind of stuff. So label it as what you want, but alcohol, as you put it, destroys everything. everything. Yeah. The circle of cycle of doom, do you call it? Yes. I've done my research, man. Well done. Yeah. Done my research. <laughs> it is so interesting because Zoe and I will maybe talk. I'm, I don't know if I can really delve into my experience with alcohol, not personally, but somebody in my family. And I was talking about it last night and I feel quite tearful. Um, oh God. Um, yeah, I was talking about it last night and I watched that video with my mum and it really hit home. Which video, sorry? The one where you said alcohol destroys everything. Mm. And... It does. Yeah, it does. And it, the thing with it is it's it's slow. It's slow and it's you don't notice it's happening. Like the person doesn't know it's happening. Yeah. So you think, oh, I got away with that last night. I managed yeah. to get five hours of sleep. I feel, yeah. feel half decent. Yeah. Thing, I've not offended anybody. Yeah. 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 But you see the state, like that, that adds up and that compound effect is massive. And likewise, by the way, you can reverse all the damage it does if you stop drinking. And I that's know, what yeah. I get excited by. Yeah. We've had people, and I had my own tests done when I stopped drinking versus now. I'm flying. Like, I am I am rolling back the years. But that would have gone the other way. It's literally a T-junction of life. You can go that way or that way. And that way is going to really fuck you up, by the way. Yeah. And that way is going to make you the best life you can ever have. But the thing is, I've got people still go for the easy option still go for the booze because it's got such a powerful hold on people it's such a big topic of conversation in our house at the moment because and I've spoken about this on the pod before Georgia and I talk about it because of her situation and mine but I married to an ex-rugby player and when he was playing rugby it was all binge culture going out at the weekends after a game knocking back 20 yeah, pints it's glamorised like idiots they yeah. would get into fights they would do X, Y and Z but then it's fine because they'd wake up on Monday morning and they'd go into training and then they'd train and train and train and then fall off now my husband retired four years ago and he has had a massive issue with alcohol right like as in he's 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 sober at the moment we talk about it constantly where he's either not sober and then he acts the way that he acts and does what he does which isn't particularly pleasant and then he wakes up and fucking hates himself the next yeah. day and you know I'll lose him we don't get him me and the kids don't get him as a father the next day he's lounging around on the sofa or he's in bed pulling the duvet up and then we're like then he's back on the sobriety right I'm going to do it then he falls off again now I don't consider him to be an addict but he has been battling his demons for a really long time he's now uh, 17 days into a 75 days hard and it's the happiest that we have been as a couple mm. There's, guess what? There's no arguments. Yeah. There's no losing days. We're going for bike rides as families. You know, he is present. His work is flying. And I'm like, yes. What is like, Come what, on. What, what stops people? Why do people go back? Well, this is what I'm what frightened I, about, I can't, I, I, like, my sort of issue with alcohol, obviously it's not me, but in my family, it's, it's frustrating. I cannot get my head around it. I'm like... It, you see what it does to a person and you see them between the hours of 10am and 5pm and they are one person, a great person, everything going for them. And around those hours, there's someone that you don't want to be in a room with. with yeah. And then the next day as well, like, I just, when you said alcohol destroys everything, you look at all of that person's problems, like anxiety, you know, health, um, everything, even like mobility, it's that kind of thing. And you're like... If you fixed this one thing, all of that would go away. Would go away. Mm. Why can you not do it, and why can you not see it? Yeah, because it's it's well, there's that's that's what I do. Like, so I <laughs> I can tell you all the answers, but we'd be here all day. One of the biggest things I find is though, if you asked whoever that person is, like, what they're excited about this year, what their goals are for the end of the year. Like where, what's driving them forward? That like a hundred times out of hundred, they won't have. They won't have. I've just been to say that they won't have it. They won't think. Like I don't. Have, I, that's been something I've learned with, by coaching so many people over time. Right. So what I do a lot of now is about getting people excited, and that's why going back to my January point, I was talking about 
well, I get so excited about January and I get people to get excited about January and I'm like, where do you want to be? And I do visualization exercise with them. Mm. And I say like, where, like you've got a blank canvas. If you stop drinking, you can do whatever you want to do. So create that vision for themselves and then pulls them forward, gets them out of bed to do some things. If mm. they've got nothing to get forward, like get excited about, then they're going to get excited about the thing they've always got excited about, which is the booze at the end of the day. And also they've got these like neural pathways in your brain, which are just so trenched. They're so deep with what you've always done. And by the way, what your parents always did. Yeah. That's through your influence then what else do you know? You don't know anything else. So it's, it's hard enough like, to get people to change. Celebrate alcohol, commiserate alcohol, boredom, alcohol. alcohol. That's Sex, the thing, isn't it? Alcohol. alcohol. My but particular you know, favourite. It's interesting you say about... <laughs> you should try it out. It's much better. <laughs> oh, shit, that's, that's never right. going wrong. <laughs> um, you know, like you say about changing, you know, like changing the cycle, it's put me off booze, like... Massively, yeah, me too. I feel like, anxious. Massively put me yeah. off booze watching somebody else. Like, and is that like? I mean, maybe that's been a really good thing, and maybe that's why it's meant to have happened. I don't know. Maybe it saved me from being a big. Booger. But your frustrations come in because you're not that way inclined. You, I get the impression yeah. with you, you're not a, you're not like stuck in that trap. No, not, not. So at that all. you're, of course, you're, you're getting frustrated by it because you can't understand it. No. But I think this is where you've got to almost like people are different, and they do. You got to sort of almost understand it first to then go right. How can I help you? Because you got. Let me tell you something. You have got no chance of helping them by telling them to stop drinking or you're upsetting them because they don't give a shit. I know. They need to help themselves, and in order to help themselves, they need to start to get excited about what life could be like because they just give up. You just like think, oh, fuck it, I'm getting old. I'm, I'm, this is my life now. Yeah. Plotted up, Netflix, yep. whatever. And people just Slippers give up. On. Yeah, that's yeah, it. They just give up, don't they? They say they die, what is it? you die when you're 25, you're buried when you're 75. That's a lot of people's life. What? They, if you, if it's true, isn't it? Like most people die by the time they're 25 or 35 and Die inside, yeah. Because yeah, they're like, fuck it, I can't do anything. I'm more useless. Like, this is the thing. When we're kids, we lie in bed and we get excited about what we're going to be, footballer, radio presenter, a TV presenter, whatever. Yeah. And then you go to, you, you get your first job and you earn £6 an hour and you're like, oh, that's good, I've got my own money. And then you yeah. get a promotion to a supervisor and you get £8 an hour. And you're like, cha-ching. And then suddenly you work to up a stupid ladder and your ladder's up against the wrong wall. And then, you've, and then by the time you've done that, you forget about being a princess or a Disney princess or a TV presenter because I'm <laughs> working a clothes shop. And like, oh, well, who was I to dream that? And then you just give up. And then you just you just focus on, you know, it's then like you all of your, your dreams suddenly your fix, you're looking at yeah. in, in the bottom of a bottom of a beer bottle. And then there's nothing outside of it. Like you've mentioned marathons and challenges and all this amazing stuff that you're discovering in the universe, right? So well, it's like a new life is born. And also when I've said to myself, this is how mad it is. When I get to 70, I want to be like, I want to be running marathons. I want to be climbing mountains. I want to be <laughs> like, I want to do something fucking mad, like mm. swim the channel when I'm 70. Why not? Yeah, like, why not? What's stopping me? And actually what was stopping me before was holding me so tight for so long. I feel like it's like I've burst the fucking seam. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, right, you fuckers. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't taken any, I nearly dropped a C bomb then. I was getting really excited. <laughs> no C bombs on the podcast. Yeah, no, that is too far. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's what I feel like now. I'm like, yeah, I can do it. I can do anything. And, that, you know, I've come out, I did a, I posted a reel last night on my Instagram and I said, because I came out of my skiing lesson and I was so excited because I was 36 years old, I stopped drinking. I'm 40 years old now. And in that four years, I've I've done so much with my life. I'm learning stuff. I'm learning how to speak Spanish. I'm learning how to ski. I've written a book, this bestseller. I can't. Even, I didn't even get any good grades in English, but I'm doing it. You know, I've built a decent Instagram follower. I've built two businesses. I've started my own app. Like mm. I'm just getting warmed up. I'm not even feel like I've remotely got out of bed yet. I'm like just getting started. Are you a better dad? Oh, beyond better dad. And I'm fortunate enough that my boys are seven and eight. So they didn't know me really drinking because I've not drunk for four years and they were only like yep. three and four yeah. or whatever. And my daughter's obviously 18 months, my youngest. And my oldest is mature enough to sort of see what she was around for the whole event. So she's she she's very good and she knows what's going on. How, what's her, I mean, she's not, she's not 18, she's 15. 15, yeah. What do you think her relationship will be like with alcohol? I can already tell she's not like interested. Mm. Yes, yeah, she's not. I mean, fifteen-year-olds these days aren't like us at fifteen. No, no, we were trying God. to we were trying to find the pills and the fucking MDMA. It's like not going to find that in your parents' whiskey cupboard. Yeah, exactly. It did look though. Exactly. So now I'm like, I did worry when she got to fifteen. I was thinking, what's going to be? She going to be like? But she's got such a wise head on her shoulder. And I think it's done her some good in many ways to see the whole. And yep. obviously, she's seen me go public. You know, she her friends follow me and. I talk about stuff like this that they listen to and I've been in the paper and I've been on radio. and yeah. So like I am in the public talking about this stuff publicly. So she's had to sort of know it all. I've yeah. written a book. She read my book and that was like probably the first because in that I do explain sort of everything. And at that point I knew I had to sort of tell her the whole story. So she, 
Do you, would you tell, like, so say she goes to a party, she's 16, she has a drink, would you be cross? No, not at all. No. So do you think that you can have alcohol in your life and it not be a problem? So that was my next yeah, question. <laughs> that, no, 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 you've, you've asked it. Yeah. Because there's, there's obviously people that, you know, like to have a drink, can handle it the next day, can get on with it, and it's not, you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Case in point, because <laughs> I'm perfect. No, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. I can pick it up and put it down. I don't drink during the week. I love having a drink at a party, and if I've got a hangover, I just get up and get on with it. Yeah, exactly. And there's people are in. You're the same. Yeah, I mean, I I like a glass of champagne or two glasses so of champagne, bougie. and that is. But it's because it's the only drink this person in my life doesn't drink. Uh, subconsciously that I don't know why but me and my mum were talking about it and I was like that's all I drink and she was like well that's all this person doesn't drink that's yeah. really interesting no I don't I I love that this is where I'm different as well to the addict yeah I love alcohol I love drugs like I, do, <laughs> I fucking love it all and you know maybe I love, I've actually the weird thing the weird thing the way to I've sold it to myself right because I couldn't cope with I'm not drinking forever so I said to myself at the start I'm not going to drink for 10 years and in that 10 years oh I'm going to build a life, rebuild a life for myself that's going to be incredibly successful. I'm going to help literally millions of people. I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to challenge myself physically. I'm going to do all this stuff in 10 years. And if at 10 years time, which is now six years time, I might go and get smashed or I might go and move to a vineyard in Spain and tuck myself away forever. Who knows? That that was my incentive. And that was enough for me in my mind to be able to go and do yeah. it. And now as that time goes on, I'm not sure that will happen because I've got used to this life and it's brilliant. And I can't see myself going back. But I'm still there, and I still have to. I still like use that sometimes. No, no, it's right. You can drink again because I yeah. think that if I said to myself, right, give up the booze, you can never drink again. I would last five minutes. I know. Well, I was going to say so that. Interesting. Yeah, because someone tells you you can't do something. All you want to do is go and do that thing. Well, I do anyway. And like you say, you've got that thing in your head of it's not forever. It's just for a year. It's just for two years. It's just, and then it just keeps going and going and going. And I think that's a really interesting way to look at it because yeah. you know you mentioned about going to AA and people say, you know, I'm an addict. I'm an alcoholic. And it's very much, once you do that, you that's it. There is no going back. But maybe for some people, having the option in their mind to go back yeah. keeps you on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So th that's what I tell people. Because people say to me, oh, I spent the last 10 years sort of flirting with the idea of going sober. I'm like, why don't you spend the next 10 years mm. going sober and then just worry about it after that. <laughs> With the idea yeah. of going back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. For anybody listening, Matt, that is thinking about cutting out alcohol um you know we we hear things all the time about if you want to be more sustainable you know maybe cut meat out once a week or you know do x y and z but for drinking how does somebody listening start well it's never been a better time put it that way i think because because the, there's so much information available and one example of that is just quickly is sleep like alcohol destroys your sleep any level of alcohol destroys your sleep the more alcohol you have the more it destroys it but it right. always destroys it so i think that's that's one thing with people wearing whoops and wearables they're actually getting to see their heart rate variability drop they're getting to see their heart rate rate their resting heart rate is going from 45 to 55 which means they go out for a jog in the morning they people have fallen over and dropped dead because they're they've been drinking too much and they're going out running trying to run it off and they're running like they were so your husband this is where it happens in there's a lot of public cases about this where professional athletes obviously train for a living and they get to 40 they retire and they go boozing 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 and yep. then they still go running like they were they were 35 yeah. because they're professionals they've got, the and then yeah. they fall over and die and you're like okay this is happening uh. a lot and it's a it's something that i'm quite passionate about and trying to raise awareness for it but going back to your point and your question is how people start is that you, you can go places like we are now. There's alcohol-free drinks everywhere. And I didn't encourage anyone, don't overthink it. Don't think I'm going to go sober for a month or whatever. Just have an alcohol-free beer. We're not in a bar, by the way. We're in a studio. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kind of like... No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, alcohol-free beers, for example, and whether you're whether you're a beer drinker or not, most a lot of women these days are drinking them because they're so good. And I think if you fancy a beer on a Thursday night, just have it say have to yourself, alcohol. this yeah. Thursday. Saint. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Shout yeah. out Lucky Saint. Saint. Uh, say, say to yourself, I'm going to have it. And make a big deal out of This is what I say to people. Why don't you say to yourself, this weekend, I'm going to go to a generic supermarket. This, by the way, there's loads of them that sell them. Go and, make a, go and invest 20 quid and go and buy a bottle of that, like a little can of that, and just get a nice glass get some nice eyes and just make it a bit of fun and say on the Saturday night we're going to do this we're going to make some non-alcoholic cocktails or and just do it for one night because I guarantee you'll love it and mm. I guarantee you'll get a bit of a placebo some, from it and I yeah, guarantee exactly. the next morning you'll be like oh it's actually alright and then it might be that and I encourage people to like Monday to Friday just drink non-alcoholic beers a lot of my mates have done that now they don't drink Monday to Friday they yeah. just drink Saturday and I'm like 
that's much better than drinking Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, and you know what as well? Like in social settings, I think it's one of those things where some if one person says, oh, I'll have a Corona Zero, then the other person goes, oh, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah do you know fine. what? I will as well. Yeah. And it's that... It just takes one person to like change the narrative. Yeah. Like in our like we've made some like a new couple friends. Well, I couple say new. Friends. It's a couple of years, <laughs> two friends. two years Still in, friends. and the guy from the day we met him, has only ever had, had alcohol free beer. We've never asked him why. Like maybe he follows a better life. Right? <laughs> maybe he does, <laughs> but we've never asked him you why. <laughs> and since then, all of the rest of us have all cut back yep. on what we drink when we go out. And it's mad because it's mostly, it's just the social norm of and imagine, having alcohol. Imagine being that, Imagine if there's a couple and you and your couple and three out of the four people were, um, were not drinking. Imagine what you would feel like drinking on your own. Like, that's what I always think. Because you'd no, feel like... No, it's not a, fun, is it? No, you'd, no. Feel, you'd feel all the consciousness, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's going to be my first Friday this Friday for a couple of years not drinking. Because Dawes was doing it, obviously. And normally on a Friday night, we'd have a little thing in our kitchen, have a little dance around, get the kids to bed. Not doing it this Friday. I'm already feeling like booked a gym class in for Saturday morning for 8am. I'm going to do it. And then, yeah. then it'll be two weeks off the booze for me, unconsciously. But I'm quite excited about it. We're doing a bike ride on Sunday. So I think those little changes for anybody listening that's thinking, do you know what? Maybe I'm just going to cut out my midweek drinking or I'm going to take away my Saturday. Whatever it is, do it and see what happens. Yeah. I think maybe that's And it doesn't have to be all or nothing to doesn't begin with. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't, no. But you can also get excited about it. Get ready to get excited about your life because you don't know what's ahead. Like I, I describe it as like if you live in like a, a tin and you take on the roof off and you suddenly see the stars it's that extreme like you're like oh my god i can actually hang on a minute i'm making progress in every area of your life yeah. and we're so good at doing things if we go on a diet we reduce our calories we lose weight if we go to the gym and we build muscle we do it consistently we build muscle like if you do running you know run before you run 1k tomorrow you run 3k the next day you build it up you're consistent you do something well you stop drinking and everything gets better like yeah. there's not what it's a hack because then every single thing apart every there's not a downside to it there is no down there is no downside exactly <sighs> It's, it's, it's inspiring it. stuff. It do you know what? It really, it really inspires me. I don't think it's actually going to take me much to not drink. And also, just don't be a mug. It, like it's muggy, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone's, like look at the world. Everyone's everyone's drunk. Everyone's ups, uh, upset. Everyone's depressed. Everyone's on pills. And I'm like, if everyone just stopped drinking, right, we wouldn't be able to solve all of it by any means. But we'd solve a lot of it. People just get out running get outdoors like do something with your life stop people literally work in boxes drive around in boxes sleep in boxes and then get buried in a fucking box if you want to be that person like everyone else go and be that person or break the norm go and do yeah. something that, look at look in the pub window think i don't want to be like that rather than i want to go in there oh. like, change the mindset Matt Pink for PM. Oh, my God, <laughs> I know. Anybody listening that wants to get involved, uh, download Dry App now. Uh, of course, you can follow uh, Matt on Instagram as well. Uh, better Life Guy. Uh, well, you tell me, Zoe. You followed me, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> better Life Guy. Better, better oh, no. underscore Life, life underscore Guy. guy. And by it. the way, the Dry App's got two Ys. D-R-Y-Y app. It's free to download from anywhere. Okay, amazing. We always like to ask our guests their favourite parenting products. Give them to us. Okay. How many do I have to tell you? <laughs> well, when, uh, just just a few. An amount. Your absolute go-tos. Oh, God. I've had so many kids. <laughs> I'm just uh, going to say like, that. <laughs> I've seen a breadth of things. Like, I've had every single buggy you can imagine. But um, off the top of my head, the buggy we've got now is the best one we've ever had. If you're in London or a city, you'll know it. Go on. The yo-yo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just a winner, isn't it? Yeah. Bus, tube, plane, over the arm. That's probably the best thing we've done so far. The best thing we've had so far. Um, the snooze pod, um, the yeah. snooze pod is a, is, um, a favorite, uh, what do you call it? A thing that sleeps next to your bed. Yeah. It's next not, to me. Is that <laughs> yeah. next to me crib thing? Well, it's, yeah, it's, just, but it's called S-N-U-Z, Yeah, right? it's really yeah. cool. It looks wicked as well. Yeah. But I suppose, I suppose it's a bit of a, it links to what we've been talking about, but the owlet, um, is the thing that obviously you, the, you track the baby's heart rate oh, and yeah, stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. they wear a little sock and yeah. when, uh, after what happened to my son with the other kids we had, we only had that, there was only, that, that didn't exist. There was that thing you put under the mattress. The mat. Like the mat we had that. Which, yeah. they, which, by the way, they roll off and it like shits you up because the alarm goes yeah, off. Yeah, I know. But now like with Kiki, who's our youngest, she, she has a little owlet sock, which you've got the app on the phone and stuff. So in term, that's probably my number one in terms of like everything. Because actually it's, you can see on the camera, 
You can see everything about all the information yeah. about her. And I'd say it's expensive, but it's worth it. For someone like me, definitely it's worth it. Yeah, and reliable. Yeah. Like, it's, it's brilliant. not, yeah, yeah. It is brilliant. And the sock up, the bigger size sock when they get a bit older and... Love that. Yeah. Brilliant. Love that. And I mean, gosh, I've taken so much advice from this podcast already. <laughs> but if you could give one piece of advice to another parent or a new parent, what would it be? So since I stopped drinking, my, my parenting's completely changed. And what I've learned through my own knowledge, really, and, and courses I've been on is like to see their map of the world. So if you had a, if you look at the way we think, so this podcast this morning was 50% of my brain space. That's what, what it's taken up, if you like. Mm -hmm. Um in their map of the world, if they want to show you their colouring they've done at school, I think I, I see so many parents that go, yeah, 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 oh, nice, yeah. And I used to be like that. And now I see in their map of the world, that's 100% of what his attention is, mm -hmm. is he wants you to see his picture. And rather than just poo-pooing it because you're busy doing something else, like I just love getting down on like the same level as them and I ask them a bit of questions about the thing they're trying to show me rather than just casting it off. Yeah. So I'll just say, yeah, a map of the world their map of the world is so important and don't ever think that because you're busy putting the shopping away, you should... That's more important. You should, yeah, it's not. it's not. That's really good advice. Love that. It's beautiful. Yeah. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank Love you. It. Loved thank it. You. Oh, thank you. Well, bravo, Matt Pink. What a superstar. What a complete oh. legend. And what a total inspiration as well. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, do you know what I found quite funny? And actually, it's a really new, like, perspective on talking about like alcohol abuse is the fact that in his mind rather than saying I'm never going to drink again that's it in his yeah. mind again he keeps himself going by thinking one day I'm going to go and live live by a vineyard and I'm going <laughs> to drink again it, that, I just found yeah. that really interesting because yeah. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach for everybody. And it was mm. really refreshing to hear somebody talk about it in, you know, a completely different Their own way. way. Yeah. Their own way. And I, and I love that. I love That's that. That's the thing with yeah. drinking, though, because everybody, mm. everybody has a different relationship exactly. to it. I think there's a very old-school way of looking at alcohol in as much that you're either on the wagon or you're off the wagon. You yeah, hear people exactly. saying it. Yeah. So it's like you're either not drinking or you're drinking. And when, you, when, you, when you're drinking, you're getting shit-faced and, you know, getting random drinking injuries and when you when you're you know when you're not drinking you're sort of doing breath work and yoga every day and you can never have another drink yeah but how about that like matt like you said matt had a really interesting view on it that currently he's not drinking and that gives him this 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 and this but there might be one day where he can have a glass of wine and chooses to mm. and i sometimes think about my own relationship with alcohol and mm. what like i call it my gateway drug because you know if i have a glass of wine i tend to think oh i tell you what i'm I really want to have a cigarette because I was a smoker and then I had mm. to fight against that and then I think oh I'm fighting and then suddenly all my you know I am a, an addictive person I have got that addictive side to my relation uh, my personality but mm. I've really figured out that day to day I'm not a drinker I would yeah. never drink in the week you know if I want to go out on a Friday night like we did on Friday night and have a few drinks and stay up till one o'clock in the morning I don't get shit faced but I have a really good time I can do that now it's taken me a long time to get yeah. to that place and that's okay yeah yeah that's what I was going to say I'm I'm similar to that Zoe and I think I've been you know like a social drinker for like a lot of years where I would drink like a lot and I'm kind of I don't know if it's because of what's been going on like my family but I'm kind of really coming away from it now and I don't know I don't actually know how much longer I'm going to drink for which is weird because yeah. the more like I went out on Saturday night we went for for dinner in London James and I with some friends and mm. I have maybe like three glasses of champagne so not loads and it was over dinner yeah but even yeah. then I thought I don't know if I like this anymore I right. don't know if I like this anymore and it's right. weird like how that but that might just be for now like that might just be a now thing and then in two years time I might not feel that way anymore I just mm. think it's it's a fun yeah related do you get anxiety the next day? I don't because I don't drink that much too but I used to I used mm. to feel like that feeling is the worst feeling in the world that mm. oh gosh don't and I just there's so like I don't know I think it, when you're having a good time with alcohol, it's great. And I and I've had loads of good times with alcohol. And I, you know, I, I really enjoy. I really enjoy champagne. I really enjoy like dr drinking with friends. You know, what I mean, there are so so many things I really enjoy about it. But I think when it's starting to not really work for you anymore, yeah. I think that's yeah. when you have to like question question it. Um, mm. 
It's yeah, interesting. So it is interesting. Still figuring and it out. Still figuring it out. Still yeah. figuring it out. Yeah. Um, so listen, we're Gosh, here for you guys. That's a big one, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are still figuring it out, that's absolutely fine too. And of course, yeah. um, you know, thank you for listening to today's podcast. As always, they are for you. Please give our podcast a little follow. You can also rate, review and subscribe to it so that you never miss an episode. Yeah, and any feedback, like any guests you'd like to hear from, like let us know what you thought of this episode because yeah. we're, we're actually talking to no one right now so it's sometimes <laughs> nice to get a little bit of feedback just drop us a dm we're on instagram at made by mamas and we'll be back on friday made by mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely charlotte mason insanity group Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.